Vikings versus Broncos. Hey, everybody. We have a show packed for you. We're going to start out with a little appropriate, because I made a faux pas, prayer to the football gods. Then we're going to talk about Brandon Allen, who Brandon Allen's the Rook Dog quarterback playing for the Denver Broncos. We're going to talk about the Vikings pass defense, which has been sort of eh, lately a little worrisome. We'll get into Ted's article about playoff odds. And of course, we'll finish up with Drew's Trivia Challenge, the Vikings and Broncos version. I hope you all enjoy the show. Let's get it going. Go Vikings! Gallahorn, the gang is back. We are here going into Sunday where the Denver Broncos come to our house, U.S. Bank Stadium, to take on your Minnesota Vikings, where we know the fans make a difference. Yeah, How you guys know. doing? Drew? Doing great, doing great. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Not bad for a November day in Colorado. Actually. How you doing, Ted Glover? Gentlemen. <laughs> if I was any better, I would be against the law. Let's like this candle. So start. <laughs> I'd like to say something right off the bat. If you don't mind, go right ahead. We need to bow our heads in prayer for a second. <laughs> Are you looking serious? Yes, I'm serious. All righty. And I'm not a really religious guy, but this calls okay. for it. All right, let's go. Dear football gods, we humbly come before you to ask for your forgiveness for what happened last Sunday during the In the Raw show when David Stefano inexplicably said, We're going to play Denver. And it's an easy win. <laughs> I know football gods. Some, he drinks a lot. He doesn't know what he says sometimes. Please allow him the forgiveness that I know you have within your hearts. And please know that I know that you are all powerful and you control every game. Dave is sorry, and he shall repent this week. I say these things in the name of the football gods. Amen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the air had to be cleared or we're going to be down 20 to 7 in the fourth quarter against the Broncos. Now yeah, we're going to they're going to pull a bill. Yeah, you never say anything's going to be an easy win in the NFL. Thank you. I got my time. That's all I wanted to do. Thanks. Okay, you're welcome. See you next week. Don't um, <laughs> Well, you should have been given the prayer. You're the one who said it was an easy win. <laughs> well, Looking at Vegas. <laughs> well, here we go. Vegas <laughs> presently has us at ten and a half point favorites. 
Do you think that's well, about right? Uh, 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 <laughs> that's double digits. I hate any. I hate any spread that's in double heels digits. Of, this should be an easy win. Let me ask you a question. If you if you have a good defense, a top five defense, can you win a game in the NFL? Do you have a shot at winning a game if you have a top five defense in the entire league? Unless you have a completely incompetent and non-functioning offense, yes. The Broncos are the fourth best defense in football. That being said, that gives them a chance to win. <laughs> that I, I was I was shocked when I saw that, guys. Fourth. I, I'm not. I mean, who's their head coach now? He was the guy that ran the Bears defense last year. Right. Big Fangio. Big Fangio is a he's like he's like 2019's version of Mike Zimmer, like the really super duper smart defensive guy that had kind of waited, um, sort of been a defensive coordinator maybe a little bit too long, been passed over probably once or twice, finally got a gig. Um, I, I don't I don't think he's having as much success as Zimmer is having. Initially, I mean, Zimmer went seven and nine, but there were a lot of extenuating circumstances with that 2014 year. But, but fellas, they've got a legit defense. And remember, it's that Vic Fangio defense uh, that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense looked completely lost against twice last year, and essentially the same team and players early this in, in week four this year. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree, Drew. This is this is by no means a gimme. And it wasn't Fangio with smoke and mirrors, I might add. No. Uh, a lot of people say, because if you look at the turnovers this year, Denver has only generated seven turnovers. Compared to last year, the Bears had, what, 40? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were like what, plus They were like plus double digits, weren't they, I think? Right yes, up there, yeah, 12 or something. But this year, they've only generated seven, which means they're on the low end of the league. I mean, that's 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 not a lot for being nine, ten games into the season. Yeah, but you got to give Fangio time to build that defense. No, what I'm saying is Fangio like is the Zimmer's. real deal because he's not relying on the turnovers. He still has the fourth-ranked defense, and they've only generated seven turnovers. Those numbers aren't in balance. Whoa. He's doing a hell of a job there. Well, PFF shows him as the fifth. They have him as their fifth-ranked defense, which is, for PFF, is damn good. So that that's about right. No easy win. <laughs> but, but going back to your question, the 10-and-a-half the point, Right. I, I would argue that, that, yeah, that sounds about right because I, I would expect the Vikings to be about a touchdown better. And I think we've said this before. The Vegas generally gives the home team three points. You know, home field advantages works three points. So, yeah, that seems about right. That doesn't mean it's going to be like a 31-24 game. I, don't, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. And I, I, I But I, I think about like a – 24-14 kind of game. Sure. Ooh. Well, Vegas is usually pretty accurate on their over-unders and their point spreads, so who might argue with Vegas? What's the over-under? Do you guys have that information? Over-unders, 40. Yeah, I think I might take the Most under on If I was a betting man. I do not disagree with Vegas. You end up sleeping with Splatra brothers out in the, out in the, <laughs> out in the desert. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> but Broncos are just as bad at offense as they are. You know, we talk about how good their defense is. Their offense is pretty shoddy. So, you know, they're stronger. They're weaker in what, what we 
our stronger end. So that kind of works to our advantage there because their offense is pretty shoddy, dudes. They're not. They're well, not. Flacco's not that. That rook, the rookie. Who's who's the rook dog that's starting for them at quarterback? It's uh, who's that guy? Um, Allen. <laughs> Allen, just Allen. He's, like, he's like Madonna. <laughs> he's got a first name. It's like Josh like, Allen or something. I don't have enough. Allen's with the Bills. Come on, man. What kind of credible show is this if we're saying the Bills Allen. starting quarterback? No, <laughs> it's not the Bills you know starting what? quarterback. You know what? Um, when, you, when you record this and produce it, when you say the word Allen, we got to go to the crickets because neither of us have anything to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, guy. You I don't know. I don't even, me. I don't even, the chief, is he a rookie? Um, yeah. Yes, he's a rookie. No, they're twenty. There we go, Brandon Allen. They're twenty eighth in passing and twenty seventh overall. So the Vikings can't ask for any better than that. They should be teeing off this weekend. Mm-hmm. He started one game in the National wow. Football League. Wow. So let me guess, Zimmer's going to let him sit back there and get comfy, and he's going to look like Joe Montana. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, see, I don't think so. that. Now, if, if this game was on, I mean, we, we say that a lot and we kid a lot, but, you know, we're not we're not too far off when we say, and Vikings fans in general would probably agree that the Vikings tend to let journeyman, journeyman or, or rookie quarterbacks do a number. I, I, if this is going to be a little bit legit worried, but I, I feel much better with this game being at home. And Dave, you mentioned at the beginning with the, with the noise the home crowd can can produce, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just the Vikings just play differently at home. They're, I, I, heck, I think they're only they're the only NFC team left that's undefeated at home. At home. Yes, no, and, it, and it's our fans are fantastic. Not only are they traveling great this year, but at home they just blast out the opponent, the opponent, and that's good. Now we joke about rookies looking good, for the most part under Zimmer's uh, regime. He's taken rookies apart. Journeyman quarterbacks, that's a whole different story. Uh, but rookies, he's taken apart with the exception, I think, of one. And that may have been Buffalo last year and Josh Allen. But for the most part, he destroys them. And this sets up to do so. Except for we have a weak spot on the defense this season versus previous years. And that's in the past defense realm. We're not as good as we used to. Now, it's looking like Trey Waynes was back at practice today, at least limited. I didn't see whether it was limited or full, but that he was back. So we should have him back. We have Rhodes, neither of which, well, Trey Waynes didn't play last week, but Rhodes didn't do so hot. But Hughes got targeted 17 times. I think that was almost a record. I think the record's 24 times for a DB. And it's just, I don't think... This rookie coming into our house is going to be able to do that and take advantage, no matter who's out there, and no matter how poorly they're playing. I still think the Vikings will dominate. Uh, no word on uh, Linval Joseph that I'm aware of. I wouldn't expect him to play a week after meniscus, even if it's just a clip and clean uh, procedure, which is not really much. They stick in a little probe with a little hook deal on it, and they slice off clip, and pull it out. Clip and clean. I remember those in the 80s, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but we well, still should be able to comment, but you got that one, brother. Well done. 
but we still should be able to handle business. We're great against the run, and we can make up for the pass, especially with the crowd being as loud as it is. And we've got, you know, decent linebacking core, which one of them's playing all world. So, which Mike Zimmer got into today in his press conference, saying that he never thought Hendricks would develop into a good Mike, but he's developed into a good Mike. He always thought he'd be the, you know, the weak side. And he's just doing fantastic. So, well, Denver has allowed 30 sacks this season, so you can get to the quarterback. Uh, they've allowed 30 sacks, and they've only generated 19. So that works out good in our favor. I think I think the way Zimmer's got to come at this thing is they only average 16 points a game. They're like 28th in scoring, the Broncos. They're really they're really hard-pressed <laughs> to put any points up at all. So if Zimmer gets you know, 14, 17-point lead, that makes Denver start throwing the ball, and then the whole thing just snowballs into a big win. That's got to be his his idea. It's just because they, you know, the only way they really move the ball is running the football. They're 16th in rushing, which isn't world beater, but they still move the ball that way. So, who, who do they got? Who do they got running the ball? Who's their Who's their so, main guy? Uh, Philip Lindsay. <clears throat> okay, still their main guy, and then they have the uh, the guy from Oregon. I can't remember his name. Again, I'm not prepared. Here we go, Allen. I'll call him Allen. <laughs> call him Allen too. He's Allen too, I guess. Uh, Royce Freeman? Royce Freeman, the kid from Oregon. That's what I was trying to think of. Aren't they still, they're still the two, one-two punch there. Um, and like I said, they don't really, they're not really a threat offensively. I don't know how you become three and six and have the fourth-ranked defense, but it's all about being good on both sides of the ball. And, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota has got to dominate them and uh, put them in their place. I mean, they don't generate but 16 points. That should be enough for us to could do something with it. Even though they're fourth rank, we could still move the football. The Vikings offense, the defense is kind of tailed off, but the offense is still going strong at eighth in the league. Ooh, see, I'm even a little bit better. But let's talk about that offense. With the, Especially with the defense tailing off, getting a little bit old, it is nice. We're talking about the Vikings being an offensive <coughs> team and generating points. And that, how long has it been since... We've had that. I think it's the first time in the Zimmer era. I don't think Zimmer's ever averaged 27 points a game. Yeah, it's just – and it, it is so nice that we know that the offense can produce enough to win the game. They don't have to rely on the defense. The defense has laid some eggs this year, but the offense produces enough that we can still win those games. And that is fantastic, especially as we hit the stretch run after the bye – and head into those last games and towards the towards the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, Ted, you were looking up stuff on playoff odds and yeah. percentages. Yeah, let's hear about that. I didn't get to really uh, digest that enough to when you made that post on the on the in the group. I wanted to hear more about it today. Yeah, so I, I kind of I started doing this last year, and and uh, I, I look at the Vikings playoff picture. I, I did a, I did a post. My initial post was like right after the Philadelphia game. And, and a lot of the, the great unwashed in the commentary said, oh, it's too early to be talking playoffs. So I kind of laid off for a few weeks. And and I did it. Um, I did a post yesterday or today. I think I posted it today. I started it last night. Whatever. Anyways. So right now, 
the Vikings have, um, let's see, they have an 86% chance to make the playoffs, but only a 33% chance to win the division. Green Bay is at 93 and playoffs and 66% to win the division. When I first did this post, the Vikings chances, and it was it was right after the Philadelphia win, so they were 4-2, they had a 53% chance uh, to, to go to the postseason. So, you know, this last month, they've, they've, they've gone on a pretty good run, and that <clears> – <throat> That Dallas game really uh, bolstered their chances. I mean, they, and when you add to the fact uh, the Rams lost, uh, Carolina lost, San Francisco, and Seattle kind of won in overtime, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, that really helped out the Vikes. So the Rams are down like a 22% chance to make the playoffs. Carolina's down to 18% chance. Philadelphia's still at 62%. But I think that a lot of that has to do with them being in the NFC East, which is pretty bad. Right. They've got a pretty weak schedule remaining. Plus, although they lost to Dallas earlier in the season, they have Dallas at home later. And if they beat Dallas, they'll probably get the tiebreaker and, and, and win the division. So I think that's where a lot of that percentage comes from. But even if it does come down to tiebreakers, have a 10-6 and six record at the end of the year, the Vikings have the head-to-head tiebreaker over Philadelphia, so that works in their favor. So, I mean, it looks really good for the Vikings to get to the playoffs, but, you know, that said, a lot can happen between now and Week 17, and they just got to uh, keep pressing forward, beat De- uh, beat Denver this week. Uh, that, that Dallas win was huge. You know, we talked about going one-on-one on that road trip to Kansas City and Dallas. They managed to do that. Now they're back home, and they got a chance to go 8-3 and three into the bye, and that's that's huge. That's huge for this team. Now, does th- now, let me ask, does three and three from this point in get you in to the dance, or is it four and two more than likely? I, I think with both, with last week I would have said, I don't know that 10 and six is going to do it. With both the Rams and Carolina losing, I, I think 10 and six, and historically 10 and six, I, I think 10 and six will. And historically, I think like what, 90% of the teams or something like that that go 10 and six make the postseason. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say yes, based on what happened this past weekend with the Vikings winning those other teams losing. So we'll see. Okay. But I I still, I still want the Vikings to win the division because. Oh yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. If they go in, it's either going to be as a five seed or a six seed. And that now we're talking, you know, traveling playoff road games, barring unless they're a five seed, the. They meet the sixth seed in the NFC Championship should they get that far. So it's a tough road to hoe as a wild card in the NFC. So, yeah, I, I think – and they, they can. I mean, they, they can – if they're tied with Green Bay going into that second to last week of the year and they can somehow pull out a victory, they're only well, one game behind. So we'll see what happens. And Green this, Bay has a tough schedule. That's what makes this week, guys – Almost a must win. Now you want to think, how could it be a must win against a team that's a ten and a half point, your ten and a half point favorite against? That's exactly the reason why. You blow this game. This is the game you're looking back on at the end of the year, going, "This is when we, this is when we screwed ourselves when we lost at home as a ten point favorite. This that this will be the game. So this is crucial to gather up not only the three and three or the four and two. You got to win these games where you're heavily favored. Yeah. Yeah, they, they cannot afford to drop anymore. They're they're already a game behind, and, and I, I man, I thought Carolina might steal one in Lambeau last week. Right. Um, I did but, too. 
it was really important for the Vikings to beat Dallas, and they did. They they have got to beat Denver and come out of the bye. They're going to have two weeks to prepare for Seattle, and that's going to be, you know, that's, again that's another huge one. game for the Vikings because not only for keeping pace with the Packers, you know, if if assuming Seattle wins, you know, assuming Seattle and, and Minnesota are uh, the Vikings are within, a, are within a game of Seattle, getting a win over Seattle will be huge. Right. In terms of playoff seating as well, so that's that's yeah. going to be it. That's yeah. going to be a huge. We'll huge talk game. Um, about that over the bye week if this week yeah. goes well. Instead of looking back on a game like Denver or Buffalo last year and saying that's the game that really cost us, I, I think from a team winning cultural standpoint, I'd like to look back and say that Dallas game is the reason we got exactly. to where we're at. That was the turning point. Yeah, you, exactly. You could use it on both ends. I mean, you could look back and say that game really cost us, you know, blah, blah, blah. or you could look back and say winning a game. If you're going to point back to a game, it's probably going to be the Dallas one for me. Yeah, I, I, I would agree right now. Yeah, depending on what transpires for the rest of the year. Now, if we if we're one game behind that team for Wisconsin. If we beat them, do we win a tiebreaker? Because somebody said all we have to do to beat them, I didn't think so. Right? No. We have to. The the first tiebreaker is head to head, and then I think it goes. Which would division be a record, and, and I I don't know that the Vikings would have a better division record. I, I, of course, it depends. Green Bay still has to play. I think they still have everybody on the road. Yeah, yeah, on the road, and they're all. And on they've the got road. a lot of they've got a lot of road games coming up too. But uh, it it depends. I, I don't. More than likely, gonna have to finish ahead of them though. Yes. Like, yeah. I I don't I don't think being tied with them is is gonna work in the Vikings' favor. Hey, I, I got the solution. Like, what's that? Win out. Sure. Thanks, John. Matt. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get what I you gotta what I get you know, thirty-three bad you're in the playoffs. Pow! Exactly. Dave Otani is. Where you been, bro? I in the Bahamas because I walked the dog and this. You know, I'm up here in this altitude and the sun is so strong. It's just it's just, it's just like George that. Hamilton right now. <laughs> Not that bad, but anyways. You know what? I'm sick of being the only guy that doesn't have glasses on this fucking show, so I'm taking care of that right now. Okay. <laughs> there we go. And all our young viewers are going, George, who? Anyways, just forget it. It's an old guy's <laughs> joke. Well, as long as we remember, we are the old man. Google it. <laughs> What's the tan guy? What, am I thinking they mixed up? With he, he, he was one of the very first ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The guy was pretty funny. Oh, uh, okay. Stand out to me. I don't really think. I think the reason Denver is three and six with having the fourth ranked defense is that they're minus three in turnovers. Let, let me ask you guys this, Drew. You were talking numbers, and we were talking quarterbacks and, and the running back. Is is there a guy if if you're if you're Vikings defensive coordinator George Edwards, George Edwards or Mike Zimmer, is there a guy on the Denver offense that you? You absolutely must stop because we, you know, we said for the Vikings playing Dallas, it, it became obvious early that Mike Zimmer was selling out to stop Ezekiel Elliott. We'll, we'll let Dak Prescott, we'll let Dak Prescott throw up and down the field as long as we can keep him out of the end zone or outscore them, we'll be fine. But we are not going to let Ezekiel Elliott beat us. Is there a guy on Denver that that you go, wow, that's that's a guy they got a they got a game plan for? Uh, Lindsey would be the only guy, in my opinion, okay. because I've seen him play. On the outside, maybe Cortland Sutton. He's got a lot of talent. I remember doing a lot of draft evaluations on him. He's a hell of a football player. Okay. Uh, he would be a, a minor threat, but there's nobody that, that 
is Zeke Elliott and Cooper combined. It's not like that this week. It, it's not like that at all. Okay. And the fact that they struggle protecting the quarterback, I hope Zimmer comes at him with everything and just flusters the shit out of him the first drive. How many sacks has Denver given up? Denver's given up 30. Have they really? That's yes, they cool. have. Denver has they have 19 as a team, and they've allowed 30. We have 29 as a team, and we've allowed 17. So Denver's played nine games. They have 30 sacks. I don't, math isn't part of the show. I imagine that's about three. That's about three. That's about three, 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 three but unlike, unlike Dak, who had only been sacked 10 times, the Broncos have been sacked 30 times. So, I mean, that's got to get Zimmer tapping his foot a little bit this week going. Kind of like Barr off the edge and Harrison Smith off the edge. Kendricks in the middle gap. You know, just make that Griffin guy just Daniel. rip him. Get that quarterback so scared shitless he's throwing it into the ground. That would be my – that's what I would do. But there's nobody on Denver that, that you have to fear like you do with Dallas. Okay. I mean, they traded Sanders away to the Niners. He was their best offensive yeah, player. Yeah, I wasn't really – Yeah, they sure did. Well, no, that's I, because they're looking ahead to building mode. So. I don't want to downplay Philip Lindsay. Don't get me wrong. That guy's a good player, you guys. Football gods, I didn't rip him. <laughs> but, but, I mean, no, that, that makes sense, though. There's – you know, Ezekiel Elliott is one of the most elite backs in the NFL, top three, four running back in the in the whole league. Dak Prescott, I mean, you got Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott. You'd be hard-pressed to find a, a, a three-player combination that is is better than them. I completely agree. Okay. But you're going to spend two days watching film how to stop and come up with a scheme to stop Ezekiel Elliott. You're going to spend about an hour on Philip Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I, you know, the Vikings, this all comes down to that rookie quarterback. This is what Zimmer should be preaching all week. We are going to grind that guy, grind your bones to make my bread. Fee, five, foam. <laughs> because if they take that guy out of the game, uh, who's, who, who plays after him? Elway? Does he come out of the, is he the next backup quarterback? Yeah, yeah Flacco's hurt, right? He had like yeah, a Flacco's on the, or something. IR. He's on IR. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. The Vikings rookie quarterback back home after two two weeks on the road. They're flying high right now. They're feeling good about that primetime victory. The fans they are pumped top this week. They got to get what do you call it? A clean and clip? What do you? <laughs> 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 I can't wear these glasses. I don't know how you guys do it all. Anyways, the, one last thing before we head into trivia. We have Kupfanski who last week called some fantastic, Stefanski's called some fantastic plays, game plan. I don't expect that to stop. But the Kub part of it, Gary Kubiak, this used to be his team. Now, it's coached under Fangio now, and obviously things have changed. But he does know a lot of these players and a lot of their tendencies because he tried to coach out some of those tendencies. I think going into this game, that will be an advantage because he's probably already sat down with Mike and said, hey, this is the way to beat this individual. This is the way to beat that individual. This is where, you know, he's gone down to the position rooms and say, look for this. This means this or this means that. So I think well, that's an advantage Vikings going into this game. Am I, I the only one that believes that? I, I to, a, to an extent, yeah, I, I think – you know, NFL 
so much. And and I, I'd have to look and see how many players are still on the roster from when Kubiak was there. But they're through their second coaching staff because what, what Vance Joseph, I think, was the coach there for a couple of years. And now now it's Fangio. And I yeah, Gary, you, but you remember he was an advisor to the Broncos. Oh yeah, that's yeah. After he left, because he had his health problems, right? Because yeah, he had his heart. Problems. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, okay. So, okay, yeah. All right, I'll buy it. It it holds a little bit of weight, sure. sure. I'll buy. I'll buy this. I think there's more of an advantage to. From what Dave just said, I think there's even more of an advantage towards Elway than there is the current roster of the coaching staff. Gary Kubiak has been with Elway the last twenty years of his life. He was a backup quarterback there. I mean, him and Elway were like buddies. So if anything, in the grand scheme of things, if, if Kubiak has any idea of what's going on, I know Elway's not down in the coaching staff, but he knows what he likes to do. Mm-hmm. And whatever well, Elway likes to do in that in the Broncos, come on, guys. Elway uh, calls yeah. all the shots there. Oh, yeah. And people that live here in Denver are pissed over it. But what I'm saying, if there's any advantage, it's Kubiak picking Elway's mind than it is the current regime right. of what's going on on the field. I think he knows – that Elway is calling the shots and he knows what Elway likes to do. And maybe there's a bit of an advantage on that. Otherwise, you know, I've, I don't really buy into, you know, guy picks, guy gets, was on a team last year and then he's on your team. So you're going to get all the plays from him. I've never yeah, been a big man. believer in that. That's no, not plays. It's tendencies. That's the big key to me. Well, they know the tendencies by watching them for nine weeks. If you yeah. study the film, you kind of know their tendencies and what they're going to do. You are what you are at this point. Yeah, it's a good point. They're not going to come out and try, you know, they're just going to come out with what basically they have been doing. Speaking of you are what you are, it's time for Drew's Trivia Challenge. Remember, folks, you got, this is going to test your mind and your brain. It's going to take all your, your wit and, and your thoughts and your love and all of everything that made you a helicopter pilot. Okay. <laughs> Who's won the most games in this head-to-head history? We're tied. <clears throat> Trick question. Didn't work on my part. <laughs> Point for you. I tried, but I failed. <clears throat> now, we didn't even play the Broncos until our 11th year as a team. That, that was a long dry spell from 61 to 72. Okay. But, but in week five of the 72 season, we beat them 23 to 20 in Mile High Stadium. The Vikes okay. scored two touchdowns that day. One was a running back and one was a wide receiver. I'll give you the numbers. You give me the players. The wide receiver was 84. Gene Washington. And the running back was 30. Number 30. Bill Brown. <laughs> I'll give you a meow and a meow. <laughs> and for the bonus extra point, Denver had a Denver had a running back score three touchdowns that day. Who was it? Floyd Little? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that calls for some forearm smash. That's a three for three. Yeah, Sierra. Good. Clean sweep so far. In 1978, the Vikings met the Broncos on week two on a Monday night football. And I remember this game because, guys, it's the only time I've ever seen Bud Grant flip out on the sidelines. All the years I watched him. he, he Something happened. He threw his headset down. And me and my brother looked at each other and went, because Bud Grant never showed any emotion. So it sticks out in my head. I remember this game. It was a low-scoring game. We happened to win the game 12-10 to 10 on four field goals. Yes. Who, kicked, who kicked four field goals for the Vikings? Rick Danmeyer, baby. I remember that game. 
right. I, I don't remember. I don't remember Bud Grant flipping out on that game. The only game I remember him flipping out on was against Detroit, and I want to say it was 1976 on a Saturday. Was it that a, Saturday game? I can't remember. I, I think it was the same game that Sammy White. I don't, Sammy White had a touchdown. He had his hand up. Hold the ball up. Yeah, and he got tackled like it's a one. <laughs> like it wasn't that play. It was like way earlier. No, no, no. In the first quarter, and Grant, he had a fit. I mean, he was stomping his feet, he threw his headset down. Yeah, same kind of deal. Yeah. So right. really yeah. rare though. Yeah, it did yeah, happen. It never that happened. Day. Never that happened. Crazy. Woo. I'll give you a, a point each. If you can name the Denver head coach and starting quarterback for that game. In seventy-eight. Yeah, the 12-10 game. Um, so the coach, oh, he had a nickname. Yes, he Uh, did. Oh, he was the Super Bowl coach the year before with the Orange Crush. Yes, he was. That's right. Good old Uh, Red Miller. Which would have made Craig Craig Morton the quarterback? Yeah, you are on fire today, dude. Yes. That is excellent. What about Red Miller in the locker room? Red, what do you attribute the win to? My skull and my drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love some Red Miller. Hey, Ted, that is excellent knowledge. Uh, the Vikes had three interceptions that night on the 12-10, almost sealed the game. I'm going to give you the numbers. You're going to give me the players' names. Okay, again, 1978, right? Yes. Okay. Number 45. It wasn't Dave? a Dave? That's before I was I, paying a whole lot of attention. I, I don't know. He started drinking. He was 12. <laughs> Tommy Hannon. Tommy Hannon, okay. Number 43. Date right. Excellent. And the last interception by was number 20. Bobby Bryant. Yeah, there you go. Did you? I'm totaling it. Keep going. Gives you five. On that Nine second. total. Oh, Dave's totally. Dave's right. So we speed this up. Ten total, but he can count for you. In 1987 at the Metronome, the Vikings beat the Broncos 34-27. to This Vikings running back got three touchdowns and only seven carries. Who was he? D.J. Bowser. (laughs) That was one of the few Vikings games I saw back then. For whatever reason, we saw it in... uh, I was, I was stationed in Indiana at the time. I remember watching that game, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. D.J. Dozier. Who was the quarterback of that game for the Vikings? Um, going to say Tommy Kramer. Oh, Wade Wilson. What year? Wade Wilson. Ah, that, those guys were so interchangeable back then between – because Kramer was hurt and Wade Wilson played a lot. Oh, well. I had a defensive tackle in that game get two sacks. Who was it? Keith Millar. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> That's excellent. There's two points. Now I'm going to give you three points each. If you can give me the college. Timeout? Yeah. Wait, Dave's using the timeout. Now. What are we doing? Oh, no, no. I'm thinking we've got, a, we've got a flag on the field. What? What? We, we have a flag on the field. We're supposed to know what that means. 
that mean? Because I think Ted was right. I think you both are. About Kramer and Wilson in that game. They both played? And it was Wade Wilson. This was not the game. There is one game in their history where they had two quarterbacks. Interrupt me. Make sure you got your shit together. Uh, I was just making sure. No, I, did, I didn't want. I didn't want to spoil any extra points for Ted. Well, that's 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 good. Stop. It's always good to review. Upon further review, that's good. Upon further review, Drew was right. So you're like Jimmer okay. throwing a challenge. Yeah. Now, now I'm giving you Ted Glover. I'm giving you three points. I was going to give you three point bonus for each of the three that you named, but you only named two, so you don't get to name the College of Wade Wilson, which you probably couldn't anyway because it's really hard. Um, but you get a three-point bonus if you can name where D.J. Dozier and Keith Millard each went to school. D.J. Dozier went to Penn State. Keith Millard went to Washington State. Damn, dude. That's six, seven, eight. Seven, eight points for that section. Damn. Wade Wilson went to school in like Texas, somewhere in Texas. It was like a Texas. A&M Commerce. Texas A&M Commerce. Okay. I was going to say like UT San Antonio or something like that. I have you at 18, but Dave's the official score. Yeah. Ooh, you're within 11, Ted Glover. Are you sweating it out? Are you using your mind still? I'm trying. Using the thoughts? And the the brain? Yes. Trying. Trying hard. You even got through the review of the flag on the field. Jeez. (laughs) Good eye, good, good, good eye, though, Dave. That's good to check that because I had no idea. I just guessed it was Wade Wilson. Um, as you know, we are currently on a three-game losing streak to the Broncos. Wink, 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 wink. I love that. So let's shoot back to 2003 when the Vikings last beat the Broncos. 2003. Wow, it's been that long. Yeah, it has. And on that day, a play happened. On that day, nice writing. I'm not a writer. <laughs> Forever be remembered as one of the greatest plays ever in Viking history. What happened on that play, and who were the three players involved? One so it was right before halftime. Uh, the Vikings were about midfield. Dante Culpepper rolled right, cocked, and threw it as far as he could. Randy Moss caught it somewhere between the 10 and the 15 and did a no-look lateral to <laughs> Mo Williams who waltzed in for the touchdown. I loved it! I loved it! We all loved it, didn't we? Great play, man. And none of us get sick of seeing it over again. Oh, oh no. That was like one of the greatest, 100 greatest plays of all time, wasn't it? Yes. I think so. What about yes. Moss? Moss's alertness on that play, man? Every time you see it, it's like, how the hell did he do that? I, I don't know. It was amazing. 59 yards. In case you need to win trivia to bar, that's how far it was. And, right. and for those that watch the video, not just listen to the podcast, you will get to relive that as we replay that probably two, three times while we talk about it. It was right, because we have the best production man in the business. Yeah, we do. Charlie Dan, untanned and ready to rock. The Tom Brady of video producers. <laughs> now listen, you're going to get a five point bonus. You're 21 right now, so you're creeping up on your record. You're going to get a five point bonus if you can tell me either Bronco quarterback that played that day. In two, so this was in 2003. Yes. <clears throat> if you get this, it's going to be like 12 arm slaps. 
Brian Greasy? Oh, no. Uh, no, 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 no. The answer, the two the players. Cutler is the one I'm thinking, but that's before Cutler, I believe. I think it was before Cutler's time. The two quarterbacks who played for the Broncos that day when they lost, meow, meow. Steve Berline and Danny Cannell were the quarterbacks that day. Ah, Danny Cannell. Now, the Vikings, there's three running backs and three wide receivers that were on the stat sheet that day. You can get a point for each one if you can name either of the six, any of the six. For for both teams? For the Vikings. There's three running backs that made the stat sheet, and there's three wide receivers that made the stat sheet. So, three running backs, two wide outs, and a tight end. Let's not forget the tight end. Three running backs, two wide receivers. So... Tight end slash full <laughs> No. No. What did you no. say? He said Moelle Moore. That's his mother. No, 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 no. That's too early. All right. So, Ontario Smith. Yeah, one should be pretty obvious from the last question. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. yeah My Mo favorite Moore, player. I'm trying to get the other one out of the way. So, like, Ontario yeah. Ontario Smith is correct. <laughs> Mo Williams, Ontario Smith. Right. Uh, receivers, Moss. Yes, yes. Bobby Wade, maybe? No. Ooh, ah. Big number no. 40. In there. He caught Jim Kleinsaucer. Jimmy Kleinsaucer was your tight end. Chris Carter was the other one. No, he wasn't. No. no. Kelly Campbell with the fro. Kelly Campbell. Dang. Okay, so you got one, two, three, four, four right there, which gives you seven for the page. Uh, the other running back that was on that sheet, the great Charles Stackhouse. <laughs> I did, I did not have got that in 100 years. Okay, now we're on to the last question. We have 21. Did you have 25 points? All I got to do is get four of these. All right. The three amigos. Those whiteouts for Denver. Remember the three amigos in the 80s, 90s? One point uh, for each. Go, you can name. Upchurch? Incorrect. Mulligan. Dave, do you have any guesses? Ooh, I remember the nickname. But. Ricky Natiel, Vance yeah. Johnson, and Mark Jackson were the three amigos. Mm. All right. Oh, well. Broncos have three retired numbers. You get a point for each number or a point for the player. I'll take the easy one. Elway. John Elway. What number? Seven. Okay. Floyd Little, 44. Yes. Yes. That's four points so far. And I'm going to say Lyle Alzado, 77. Correct. Wow. Carl Mecklenburg. Correct. Really? Yes. The last retired number was shared by two Broncos. Is that a weird thing or what? Yeah, who is it? Mr. Frank Trapuca and Mr. Peyton Manning, 18. They retired Peyton Manning's number, but not Mecklenburg's? Really? But they retired Manning's with Trapuca, some guy played for him in the 60s. Okay. But you got, you got four there. Got zero on that. So you're tied at 29-29 right now. You have to put these words together. You got to use your brain, Ted. All right. <laughs> 70s wide receiver, Woodstock, part of the Red Sea. Woodstock slash part of the Red Sea. Moses. Oh, oh, uh, Haven, Haven Moses. There you go. <laughs> you get three for that one, actually. You know, Rick, Richie Havens, who played at Woodstock. 
I, I knew Haven Moses, though. I know Archie Havens at Woodstock. Oh, uh-uh. Did the set with canned heat? Whatever. Okay. <laughs> and for the last question, this is the final question. Only three linebackers are in the Broncos' ring of honor. Only three. And one of them was a Buckeye. Randy Gratishar. Correct. The great Randy Gratishar. Do you want the other two? Yeah, so you get a point for the other oh, two. Oh, okay, so Gratishar, Carl Mecklenburg, and uh, Tom Jackson. That's it! Woohoo. Three more! You did not ask the one question I expected. The one memory I have endeared in my brain. What is it? The 2007 game in Denver. Where? Oh. Troy Williamson? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really want to go back to that. <laughs> Tavares Jackson launches a beautiful ball. Troy Williams is like that, and the ball hits him both palms over the shoulder, both ha- palms of the hand. I left that and one. It goes through. Right. And that I just. also left off when we were driving to win the game and Teddy fumbled. I left that one off, too. Oh, oh, I, uh, yeah, I appreciate that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. As much as I love Teddy, I've got to give Kirk Cousins so far this season, as hard as I've been on him, and you know I've been hard on him, some love. The dude is the number one ranked in points per attempt QB in the league right now. How about one interception over the last two months? That And that wasn't his fault. That was the one that went through Dixie's hands and bounced off his face mask. That's that's amazing. So, no interceptions in the last two months. It's literally amazing. Keep it going. I will do the artwork. I will donate it. We can build the statue. Whatever. Just keep it going, Kirk. We just got to announce that Ted Glover set the record with 31 answers correct today. 31 for the new, the new and still heavyweight champion of the world. I'd like to thank Thunder. And lightning. And Susan. Susan. No, you did good. You did? You did great on that. You rocked the Bronco trivia today. With that, and the technical problems we're having at Drew's end, not that he can see it, but it's cool as shit. Um, We're going to wrap this up. Any last words there, Ted? Champ. Going to get a Big win Sunday. Going to keep pace with the Packers. And uh, it's just one more step on the road to homeboy seeing Miami. Any last spicy takes before we turn it over to Drew? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a hot spicy take. <clears throat> um, Dalvin Cook is going to go for 150 rushing Ooh. and two TDs. Number four ranked defense. I think they're going to try and sell out to uh, to to neutralize Stephon Diggs, and I, I think the Vikings are going to have a big day on the ground. Ooh, that'd be a mistake if they did. But I hope so. I hope he does. One fifty rushing, and then plus his pass production, that probably puts him over two hundred. That's good. That's my spicy hot take. Drew, have you got a spicy hot take? Dude, I'm as spicy as they come, bro. Uh, the Vikings are going to get eight sacks, 
and Hunter's going to get Ooh, three of them. Wow. Sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, Davey, you cracked me up, bro. So fun doing this show with you, man. Our spicy hot takes are brought to you, to you by Tailgate wow. Masters, who makes the best spices and rubs that there is. And it's done by a good friend of ours, Admiral Big Gun. And buddy, we're out. We need more. Anyways, last words there, Drew. I want to see Ryan Seacrest be taken off the New Year's Eve drop the ball in New York. And I want to see Barbara Walters be brought in so she could say, I'm Barbara Walters and this is 2020. That's <laughs> <laughs> on that, I will see you cats on the flip flop. Later. Skull, my games. Let's win this game. Enjoy the day. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy the food. Especially enjoy your beverages. And may the Vikings win. Go back.